This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Well, a big good morning again. Great to see all of you here today. So today is the last part of our three-part series on thin spaces. And what's a thin space? It's this old Celtic phrase that they meant those places where, where heaven and earth just touch. And we've heard about that for a couple of weeks. Through, through, through God's word, we see that. Through people's experience, we got to hear from the Sextons about their daughter's journey through juvenile diabetes. We've got, we got to hear about it last week from Bob and his wonderful panel, talking about it both in times of loss and in times of joy in a very fortuitous parking spot. You know, we got to see it in those areas, those thin places where we get to touch. And I love what one person said last week. They said, yeah, you know, I have thin places, but then I always get thick. I thought that's true. You know, we do. We kind of go back and forth. And that is part, I think, of life's journey. From a Christian New Church perspective, we're always in that middle. There's this one side of us, the old will, that's, that's kind of attached to hell and bad stuff and fears, anxieties, worries, concerns. And this part of us, this new will, connected to an inmost. This is a part that's just a miracle to me that's already in heaven. It's already there. And our life is kind of played out between these two as God's divine providence helps us to move more and more towards the light. Just that simple. We have to do our part of the work clearly. That part of the work of pushing the bad stuff aside and as best we can embracing working towards what's good. So what I want to do to start out today is, is talk about sort of how can we get to a thin place? Like, is it possible to actually get there? Now, I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't, there's not like a program to do it. Thin places tend to just show up. All of a sudden, there's the beautiful sunset. All of a sudden, there's your kid being super sweet. Can I share one with you from the weekend that was a thin place? So, so we're, we're doing this, we're doing this big family meal after the wedding and and, and my daughter, this, this past school year, had written a, a paper on the Great Depression. My dad lived through all that. And so I see my daughter walk over to my dad. And I don't know this, but I see them just chatting. It turns out she went over and she said, Grandpa, like, tell me about the Great Depression. Like, that's a thin place, right? Just for her to have that little, my dad's 89. How much? I don't know. Does he have five more years, 10? I don't know. But I know that interaction is precious right there. And I couldn't have manufactured that. I could not have sat with my daughter in the car and said, Tegan, I expect you to have a thin place today. I expect you to go talk to your grandfather, and I expect to be moved to tears when I see you do that. That's not how it works. And that being said, there are things we can do that can kind of pull us closer to a thinner place. Maybe not a thin place but definitely a thinner place. So I want you over the next half hour to join me on that journey. And the first part of it is I want you to hold up a thought, and I'm gonna come around for those of you who would like to actually say it out loud. And by the way, for first time attendees, you don't have to say anything. But if you would like to, to say, yeah, this is the thought that, boy, if I could just get rid of this thought for a day, it would be a much better day. What is that fear, anxiety, worry that just keeps on going around and around and around in your head? And if you're someone who doesn't have one of those, I want to talk to you after church. 
But, but what is that thought that you just find yourself perseverating on? It just goes around and around and around. And let's hold that thought for the service, pass it through this concept of prayer, and see what might show up over the next half hour. All right? So I'm going to come out in the audience. Please just raise your hand, and you can say, yeah, this is the thought I'd love to not have for 24 hours. All right? brave soul. She's too young. You have to be 18 to answer. <laughs> Anybody want to throw one out there? All right. Uh, not being good enough. Not being good enough. Not being good. That, that, that constant thought, not being good enough, not being good enough, not being good enough. Worry about one of my children. Oh, worry about, and when you have five children, you know, <laughs> That worry. So worry about a concern that way. What's another thought out there? Someone wants to share. Self-created pressure. Self-created pressure. There's nothing worse than being told, it's time to create today. You can see, folks, does anybody have a, there's one more, all right. Fear that the Lord can't reclaim People have rejected him temporarily that I love. <laughs> That's good. You know, and that, that belief that God's, you know, that sort of the territory of God's kindness is pretty small and can't reclaim it, you know, and that, that we can. And, and I think about, you know, all the what ifs, right, of life. The what if this, what if that, that, that we rehearse over and over again. So I want you just to hold that thought. And then what we're going to do is we're going to kind of pass it through some pieces trying to understand about prayer. So please give those people a round of applause. those thoughts, folks, if I was to put it in a 10-second video, I think this is what those thoughts would look like. Right? Just racing through, racing through all this noise, all this confusion, all this worry. And we just want it to simply stop. <laughs> we just want it to stop just for a minute so that maybe we might experience life this way. Just out of simple quiet, simple quiet. Now, I want to go back to that slide that just briefly passed through there because this talks about, I think, the way life works a lot of the time. If we go back to the slide right before that. The world is going to do everything it can to do two things to you in the day. One is bombard you with anxiety, and the other one is distract you. This world is so elegantly designed to distract you from your life's Mission. Can I get a little amen on that? So, so our thoughts get going. We have this one thought that, 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 that can really, really get a hook into us. We have a hard time letting it go. Racing thoughts constantly going. And then we have these other peaceful moments here. And how do we kind of try to shift more and more into that peaceful place? Welcome to the world of prayer. Welcome to the world of prayer how prayer can work, how prayer can maybe help us to, to find a much quieter place. Now, I want to talk about a number of shifts here that take place when we go through this, because prayer is really about these shifts. Now, now I want to go over these, but I, I want to start out. I'm going to have those left up, but I want to tell you a little story, a history story. I love history. I was a history teacher. 
It's a story about a young man at the age of 17. He's, he's blind. The Germans come in. They occupy France. And, and this, this young man decides to join the French resistance. I read his autobiography. And he decides to join the French resistance. So that's pretty dangerous work. So he goes on, involved with the French resistance, revolved with the French resistance. Eventually, a traitor in their group turns him in, and he's sent to Buchenwald, a concentration camp, where he goes through starvation, torture, all the stuff we've heard, all the horrible stories about the Holocaust. And in the midst of all that, he had this huge breakthrough. And I love the phrase. I love the phrase he used about this breakthrough. He called it the second soul. He called it the second soul. He said the first soul is that place where we believe we're making all these decisions. But but the second soul, it was this part of him that was both deep within and also overarching that could just hold it all. And he said in his journey to the second soul, he only knew one thing. He came to just know one thing. And do you know what that was? It was just this simple bet. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. That's the overarching part, I think, of looking at these different shifts. How do we create, how do we find that second soul? Not that we live there. I know very few people who do. But maybe at our best, we can at least be tourists now and then. So, the first one, outer memory, two, please say the last two words there, outer memory, two, inner memory. Starts out with this, from a new church perspective, we all have an inner memory. I mean, I can access it right away. What was the best vacation you had when you were in the single digits? In other words, zero through nine. Can you feel that inner memory come up? Like right away, that's that inner memory, a critically beautiful part. Prayer will access that. Noise to the core. Our mind, somebody said, it's like we have this garbage mind. We do. (laughs) That's the noise. All the cars going all over the place. And yet we also have this core that's constantly at peace. It's constantly silent. It's not a matter of going there, like like this deliberate battle to get there. What it is, is just a matter of stilling the noise enough to know what is. The next one, thinking to contemplating. And that's a big difference there, too, that we can see with prayer. It's it's not like a thought pattern. It's, It's not an intelligence briefing to God. It's not where we're trying to understand everything. One of the things I've known to be true in my life, for me, is I get really stuck when I hit a hard part in life and I try to figure it out. I don't know whether any of you have had that challenge as well. (laughs) I'd be a little afraid of somebody, oh, no, Chuck, I, I figured it out. It's really hard. And yet my thinking brain is constantly wanting to get to that part. I need to, I need to understand this. I need to get it. I remember Christopher Reeves, and I've said this story in here before, Christopher Reeves, who'd been Superman, and, and he was in an accident, was paralyzed from the neck down. I heard him speak. And he was constantly trying to think through, like, well, I got to understand why this happened. I got to understand how God would do this to me. It didn't shift for him. 
It did not shift for him until he found God here in the people around him helping him to heal. See, that takes contemplation, not thought. Contemplation is that part where we like look at the world and, and we kind of hold it and just go, oh, this is, this, is, this is life right here. Now, a little foreshadowing of, of the contemplative piece that I, that I want to share with you. And, and I'm going to come back to this a few sermons hence because I think it's so beautiful. It's, it's this guy said, well, this is the essence of the Christian message. We walk into a room and our concerns are, am I enough? Or do I belong? Or when I'm at my worst, do they belong? Christ walks into the room, loves what he finds there. Loves what he finds there. I think that's the contemplative stance. And the last one, worries, anxieties, plans to silence that surrounds, and say the last words, to the silence that surrounds the silence that surrounds all things. That's where we're trying to go, is to that silence that surrounds all things. So I want to share with you now a story from the Bible that, that, that gets us pointed in that direction, to that, to that real silence that actually starts to surround all things in incredibly beautiful, empowering ways. And this is from Matthew 6. And Jesus is talking about prayer, talking about prayer and how prayer should work. And he said, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And here he meant the actors. You could say acting. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue, standing in church, and on the street corners to be seen by others. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Now, now that again, and I say it all the time, Jesus has a great sense of humor. That was a little bit of sense of humor there. Like, they are praying to be seen. Guess what, guys? They're seen, they won. All right? They got their thing. Goes on to say, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Notice the difference between seen and unseen there. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not go on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he has a beautiful part that he closes on this. Like, what's the point of doing this prayer thing? For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So forgiveness tied into all of this. Now you look at these lines. Again, there, there, there's some beautiful lines in there. Hypocrites, actors, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. That idea that, that, that prayer, that, that unseen part, it, it has to be this quieter place. It's easy in our mind to try to find God in the big and the spectacular but I have find, found for myself, I'm more likely to find God in a beach at sunrise or sunset than at Walt Disney World. And isn't that interesting, right? It's, just that, it's that quiet place. I think that's what this is talking about, figuratively. 
And New Church, we believe that underneath all these are, are this, these beautiful poetic statements. And it, it has meaning to it. Moving out of the streets is a place beyond doctrine. In other words, doctrine, church teachings, our paradigm about faith and religion, really important, just like a street. But is the point of life's journey the street, folks? Yes or no? No. No. A street is good for moving us from point A to point B. But we have to learn eventually to leave that place, to find that other contemplative part. And it doesn't mean we don't return to it. I return to it over and over and over again. But there's a different flavor to it when I start to understand quiet within. So as the band comes out here for this next song, what I want you to do is we're going to like practice. We have a beautiful next song coming up around distance. All right? And I like to think of this as distance in so many different ways. Distance from our thoughts, distance as people who've moved on, all kinds of different ways. And what I want you to do is the best you can to try to listen to it contemplatively. In other words, as best you can, try to practice full body listening. Like if your whole body was listening to this song, and I'm not talking necessarily the lyrics, if your whole body was listening to this song, what would that feel like? You'll start to hear some of the notes, start to allow yourself to relax into the song, and start to just think prayerfully, prayerfully, in a contemplative way. You'll enjoy. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. You know, when we can experience that way, when we try to go through full body listening. And I want to draw your attention back again. I said, like, we're going to start with this thought and, and watch this thought be pulled through experience. A prayerful experience just of listening to music. Listening to those things, allowing them to kind of reach into our heart. I, I, I love the idea about what contemplative can be. And, and I love it, you know, the way the Bible says it here. I think they're speaking to it. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. It's that reaching for what's unseen, what we can't quite get a hold of, but, but we know it's there. Similar to when we hear music like that. Now, can I share a couple of contemplative prayer techniques with you? Right, this is a real to-do, a how-to-do lesson in church. So a couple of really simple ones. So I want to say that both of these start with simple breathing. Simple breathing. Now, now breathing, important. Breathing, spiritus. Spirit, God, the word for God and breath and spirit are all one and the same in the New Testament, which I think is pretty fascinating. And the idea that when we breathe, it's not that we're sucking air in like a big giant vacuum cleaner. It's that the air is more pressure outside our body than in, and so it's, it's like God's gentle pressing against us that once we're open to, he'll fill up. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So the first piece, the first piece, and again, for those of you who are online, please join us in doing this. Take a big breath. Just a big breath. Big breath. And think when you breathe. Think when you breathe. Think when you take a breath. We're going to do that a second time. Think of a particular word that has meaning to you. Now, I've said this in here before, but I know we got a lot of new people. The word I use with contemplative prayer is Yahweh, which is an ancient, ancient word for God. 
Some people just say, oh, amen. And just kind of think in your mind, you know, as you breathe in, breathe one part of the word as you breathe out another. All right? So as best you can, relax. Take one breath. Now on this second breath, I want you to just quietly say that word in your head. the very core of contemplative prayer, what you did right there. What it's doing is it's trying to move our minds beyond thought into a place that is just peaceful. Now, how long are you going to do that before an intrusive thought comes out? Who can tell me how long you're going to be able to do that before a thought comes out? Shout it out. A millisecond. It'll be one second and there'll be a thought flashing across your brain. Is that normal? Please say yes. Yes, totally normal. And our job is just to hold that thought and just let it pass right through. New Church Theology says this beautiful piece. We knew that negative thoughts were from hell. Heavenly thoughts are from heaven. We'd be saved in an instant. And I think we can be saved in that instant. Just knowing like, yep, just going to let it pass through. Just going to let it pass through. We can also do that same kind of technique with beautiful lines from the Bible. Be still and know that I'm God's the way that is translated by some others. Just be still and know that I am. Just we can look at that and we can, we can read it over and over again. And, and that's what I try to do when I get ready for a sermon is, is during the week I look at the passage I want to read about and then I, I just do a little contemplative piece. I read that again and again asking God to let it speak to me and then I just do some breathing at the end. A simple way to do a contemplative prayer. Now there's also another kind of prayer called liturgical prayers. And and these are prayers that that we can actually learn. And and there's something in just the the roteness of it that can get me unstuck. Like one of the ones that, that when I get really stuck that I use is, I can't, you can, I'm asking. (laughs) Can we say that together? I can't, you can, I'm asking. Super simple. That's, that's like uh, Anne Lamott said, there's, there's, there's two prayers in life, which is please, 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 and thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's kind of a please, please, please prayer. Like, God, I can't, you can, I'm asking. And then there's also the beauty of the Lord's Prayer. What, what is a beautiful Christian tradition. Now, every denomination has a slightly different version of it. I want to go through the new church version of it. And what I want to do is, is I, want to, I want you to start with saying it. And what I want to do is this piece. I want to do this a little differently. I'm going to read the first line, and then when you feel the spirit move, you can join in the second line, third line, fourth line, whatever. What I want is this. I know every week. I know every week. There's people coming in with broken hearts. Just know that. And what I want to invite you to do is this. If you're here and you're really struggling with something, you could barely even make it here, and you're just struggling, you're holding something really heavily in your heart, you get to just listen. Just try to listen to it. Try to see where it's speaking to you. Try to see what God is trying to say through his angels, 
through his messengers. So again, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read the first little bracket there, and then I'm, I'm going to shut my mouth and let you folks keep on reading, and you can join in wherever. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And the next slide, and keep going. As the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That settling part of that prayer. And I, I think with prayer, whether we're doing it as contemplative prayer or liturgical prayer or just prayer out of desperation, you know, it, it gives certain things. In, in the new church, this is what we believe actually prayer will give us, what, what it will give us. Out of sincere prayer, God gifts us a revelation, a revelation of our hearts. That heart revelation is a renewal of hope, a comforting, and a deep inward joy. A deep inward joy. Now I want to talk about that. I want to to kind of move over here to talk about that for a second. If you notice, folks, with that line, what it doesn't have there is it doesn't have the answer. It's not that it gives us the answer. What it does is it it gives us a place where we can experience a gift. Gifts, not answers. Because I know it's so easy to get worried, like, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Well, Well, maybe we're listening in the wrong channel. Maybe we're waiting, as many of us do, I've done a couple of times, waiting for God to tell us the winning lottery ticket. How many of us have done that? (laughs) Yet that's not it. Hope, comfort, even a deep joy. And I think that deep joy can even be in really challenging circumstances. And it's it's a new mindset from which we can give answers. I want to show you a really short video. And this is a video of a service dog that is trained to, to signal when her master is having a panic attack. And I want you to watch what happens. It's not answers. But it's comfort, it's hope, and a deep joy. Just look at this, just 20 seconds. I just, I just want to hold it here, folks. 
just want to hold there. Can, can you see the two mindsets there? You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's a different mindset. It's not that the dog comes up and says, I've got the answer for you. It's where we see comfort. It's where we see joy. It's where we see hope. And you can see she's still struggling, but it's, but it's a different kind of answer. It's a different way of going about it. And I think that is a thin place. That is a thin place. I'm going to step back over here. So to wrap up this series, folks, why do these thin places matter? Like, like why have we talked about this? Why, why does this seem to be such an important thing? And I think it's this. You know, I was thinking, how do I want to end it? And then a friend texted me in a beautiful piece this morning. And that's what I want to talk about with thin places. This is why they're important. When we go to thin places, when we go to thin places, it's much easier to connect with God. It's much easier to connect with ourselves. And it's much easier to connect with each other. Like, that's why they're valuable. I mean, I, I love this, just this simple little geeky question, right? What would you be without that thought? Like, you think about that thought we held at the beginning of church, and then we passed it through, and we said, okay, let's listen to some music and see what's, what happens. Let's practice some contemplative prayer. Let's see what happens. Let's practice the Lord's Prayer. Let's see what happens. And notice for yourself what happens for you when that thought leaves. That's what God is desiring for us. That's what God wants for us, to, to be in those thin places. Because I think this, I imagine this. I think about heaven. And I imagine there'll be a time of life where maybe, just maybe, hopefully, it's all a thin place. It's all a thin place. Amen. I'd ask you now, as we close the service, please join me in prayer. I'm going to say a prayer. You're welcome to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it, or to just have a moment of quiet reflection as we get ready for our final song. So please join me. So, Lord. Thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you, Lord, for maybe the chance to see prayer, to hold prayer a little bit differently. To understand more fully the thin places in our life. To understand and be aware of our need to hold to those. To find peace there. Stillness there. The ultimate of prayer. Be still. Be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. Thank you for those words, Lord. Be with us this week. A thin place all around. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www. 
newchurchlive.tv. 